Welcome to another episode of the Dealer Talk Podcast. This is your host, Herb Anderson. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm very, very excited for today's session. We have Mr. Jeff Bounds, the head of the automotive um, platform for uh, Grant Cardone. Very excited for this session. I'm personally a fan, of, of, obviously, of Grant Cardone. I love his content, tons of value. So I'm very, very excited to have this conversation, learn a little bit more about um, the automotive side and um, just uh, uh, I'm excited to have a great conversation. So without further ado, let's get into it. Jeff, what's going on, man? How you doing? Pretty good, man. Just came back from 11 days being out in Vegas at NADA and GrowthCon. And uh, man, it was pretty, uh, pretty fast paced and a lot of really exciting things going on. And I'm really uh, happy to be on your show, Herb. I think you're doing a great job out there and you're providing a lot of value to the automotive community. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah, dude, I was at the event and it was mind blowing. It was insane. Um, it, tons of value. I just, you know, I love the resource. It's just, a, it's just a great place to, to learn, not just about a particular industry, but just how to, how to just be better, you know, and, and yeah. many, many facets, facets of, of, of your life. So um, very excited to have this conversation with you. I typically kick things off with, uh, with just a recap of, of your background. So um, maybe let's start there. Yeah, absolutely. I've been around uh, the car business for 26 years. Uh, actually grew up in retail, the retail side of the business. So spent 20 years um, running sales teams, you know, started from, from the ground floor, worked my way all the way up, and then decided that um, I wanted to venture outside of the business, get into the consulting space, and uh, spend some time uh, with companies like Dominion Dealer Solutions and helped a, a startup analytics company built uh, a phone training platform. And then before coming over with Grant, I was the VP of sales with Call Review, which is another uh, telephone analytics tracking company. Right on, man. So um, obviously, I mean, the, the first question is, 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 is on training, right? So yeah. um, let's take that maybe 50,000 and, 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 you know, 50,000 view and maybe then break it down more uh, at a micro level. But, you know, it's such a big part in the industry, right? Um, Training is, is, is one of those areas that, that a lot of dealerships are, are trying to improve. I see a lot more activity um, now more than ever with social media and things of that nature where, where you can just see dealers gravitating towards that. How do you guys see that, that space currently? Yeah, you know, it, it's rather interesting and, and I've actually experienced it firsthand. You know, I, I started in the car business in the 90s and uh, you know, it's kind of funny really from, from the 90s to today. The car business really, unfortunately, hasn't evolved that much. Um, back then, it was like, hey, you know, you start the car business, you learn from, you know, the most tenured guy there, and you try to work your way through the business. And and nine times out of ten, that's like the worst way to get trained by the guy that's been at the dealership the longest, because typically um, they have the best habits, and um, you know, actually the worst habits. And that that's actually where I, you know, bumped into Grant Cardone. Like I've known Grant since he was going. Uh, dealer to dealer, door knocking and, wow. and selling CD sets and VHS tapes. So he was actually my first mentor in the business. And um, the thing about him, which is really ironic about what's going on today, is he started information-based selling 25 years ago. And everybody in the car business told him he was crazy and it wasn't going to work. And they wanted to stay you know, with, with the old school process. And, and now we, we fast forward to 2020 
and uh, I'm actually, you know, running his automotive training, which is right crazy. And, um, you know, just going out there and, and spending time with dealers and, and they're finally starting to realize that I think more than anything else, Herb, it's like, dude, man, if, if I don't get my game tight and I don't get my people engaged, I'm going to end up like Macy's and end up having 125 stores closed and losing jobs for 2000 employees. So whether anybody wants to, you know, face it or not, the car business is in a very dangerous circumstance right now because everything is going towards modern retailing and everything else. So um, automotive realizes that training is a problem. With that being said, um, unfortunately in this industry, it's been done wrong, at least for the past 25 years since I've been in, because really training in automotive has only been facilitated two different ways. First one is virtually, and the second one is on site and both of them don't work. So I want to start off this podcast with you saying training doesn't work. And you might think, wow, why is this guy saying training doesn't work? Aren't you, you know, don't you represent Grant Cardone? Don't you guys do sales? But the problem is it's been done incorrectly. And the reason why is because virtual training is very difficult to implement inside of the dealership for one reason, it's accountability. Because most people don't have the wherewithal to, to have the innate trade inside of them to actually go into, for example, our platform, we have over 4,000 videos on there. Most people aren't going to have enough you know, direction and a roadmap to actually know where to go and what to do, right? On the on-site piece, dealers love people coming out to their dealers, working with their people, doing a deep dive and all that. And, and it's great. And it hits one of the learning modalities. But the problem is 90 days after that initial visit, the retention is probably less than 15%. So, you know, again, I, I've known Grant for quite some time, uh, actually known Jared for six years, and we've been trying to work out, you know, an opportunity for me to come down. I moved from Maryland to Miami to come down to, uh, to work with Grant. And, and the vision that I had in this business, you know, for at least the past five years was, what if I could help develop a system to layer on top for the, you know, the best sales training platform on the planet and give dealers an opportunity to have an end-to-end -end solution to actually make training effective? So what I've done is I, I've taken Cardone On Demand, which is you know, the platform I was speaking of. We have over 4,000 videos. And then I've implemented something that's never been done before in the automotive industry. I've created a multi-layered approach. So we have the virtual piece. I've rolled out a weekly coaching piece and I have an on-site consulting piece. So any aspect of the learning modalities that the dealers had, whether you know they, they had people that you know do well on web meetings with a lot of millennials and stuff like that, that resonates really well with them. And then you know, a lot of the tenure guys want to have people inside of the dealership. But more than anything else, we are programmed from you know parochial school through college and everything else through managed learning. Right. We, we go to school. We, we take a class in college. Here's the agenda. Here's the test we're supposed to take. Here's what you got to study. And then we get outside of, you know, the, the school system and everybody's like, here's some information. Digest it. Right. Yeah. So it's like people don't know what to do and where to go. So with this platform, we're working hand in hand with management inside of dealerships to make sure that we can get their salespeople to the next level. Right on, man. I love what you said there about accountability, and I want to kind of develop that a little bit. So do you think, I mean, I, I you know, obviously that, that's a big piece, right? But do you think that it is it because um, 
it's forced. Do you think that a lot of the, the these decisions are just forced on the individuals? And that's why, you know, they just do it for maybe a week or two weeks and then slowly but surely they, they, they start to unplug. And on top of that, what if there was uh, some sort of a mixture between the digital side and maybe a, an in-person um, visit or consultation, maybe on a monthly or quarterly base to, to kind of put that face-to-face -face element? Do you think that, that would make it more effective? Um, like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, no one's ever asked me that question before. It's actually a phenomenal question because you're spot on that the problem is if you and I are running a, a store, right? And, you know, I come out, you hook up with me, you know, I'm going to be your training partner and you go to your salespeople and you're like, hey, I need you guys to start training, you know, 15, 20 minutes a day. You're going to have these weekly meetings and people are going to be coming out to work with you every single quarter. It's something you have to do. You've got to make sure you do it. You got to watch it. We're going to affect your pay plan and this, that and everything else. They're completely going at it the wrong way. And the thing that I've seen over the past 25 years in this business is that today's time, nobody talks about the opportunity, right? If you're going to spend eight to 10 to 12 hours in an automotive dealership, you're there for one reason, that's to make money. And there still is a tremendous amount of opportunity to make money inside of the business. But the dealers are not you know, letting their salespeople know the, the opportunity where they can get because training is for, for them. You know, dealers are investing in training for the people to make them more successful. I mean, the car business is the only business where you can come inside of it. You don't have to pay any money to get started. And you can essentially run your own business and, you know, make as much money as you want to make. But nobody talks about it anymore because everybody wants to talk about how, you know, it's all it's all minis. You don't make any money. Mm -hmm. Hours are too long, this and that and everything else. So that's why it's broken. And that's why a lot of times training doesn't work. So. Yes, we are doing quarterly visits on site with this training platform. Right. And the reason that's important is part of the three-step approach that, that we've laid out is because, look, man, let's just face it. If you and I were going to get on the road and travel and go out the next quarter to dealerships, we're probably going to see at least 30% new faces because the turnover in the yeah. of automotive is ridiculous. I was actually out meeting with an OEM. I'm not going to disclose their name because it's a pretty ugly stat that I'm going to give you. But I was doing like a consulting visit with them and I asked them, I said, hey, what is your biggest challenge right now? And they're like, we're just losing our people. So I said, hey, what does that look like? I mean, what, what, what percentage of people are, are you, you know, what does your churn look like with employees? 115%. Wow. Yeah, that's nuts. And then when I asked them why, and I love the question that you asked me, because the, when I asked them why, it goes back full circle to kind of what I think what you were alluding to is, dude, mid-level man mid management inside of automotive is brutal. I mean, they're usually yeah. good salespeople that weren't meant to be managers. They have no idea and no level of leadership. They beat their people up and their people quit, Right. But they're not getting, it's essentially like giving these new salespeople that have either been, you know, become a bartender before or they worked at Best Buy or whatever, they're coming in the car business and having them chop down a tree with a pocket knife. They're not giving them any skills whatsoever other than the fact like, here's your CRM, here's some orphan owners to call, get out there and get after it. You need to answer the phone, make the call, do whatever, but there is no road to sale there's no process people aren't being written up there's no demos i mean it's it's really insane if you think about it, to be in 2020 
and to be conducting business this way. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree, man. It's 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 definitely that's why you know I was so excited for this conversation because I, I it's definitely a, a huge area of opportunity, and kind of along those lines with the turnover piece, um, how you know, ha, you know based on the statistics and the dealerships that you have on there, the stores that are on it, right? They're doing it right, right? Whatever that mix looks like, how does that effectively impact turnover? And let me let me expand that a little bit because. I've talked to a lot of managers, a lot of dealers, um, you know, in my career, and they are aware of the issue, right? They're aware that there's turnover, but they look at it as, or the majority, I'm not going to generalize, but the majority look at it as it's just the cost of doing business, right? Mm -hmm. That's just the way our industry is. And they lose so much money that way, you know what I mean? Because they'll hire five guys and they lose four, and then they start that cycle all over again. So, um, you know, for me, when I think about effective training, that's something that is going to prevent that or significantly decrease it. Do you guys see that within, within, within your, the community that you have, that you're collaborating and working with? And what does that look like in numbers, right, for like, the, for like the, those decision makers? Yeah, I mean, you know, again, it's like the definition of insanity, right? I mean, you know, dealers who go out there and if you ask any dealer, how do you get to the next level? How do you sell more cars? They're going to say spend more money, more digital spend, more ad work, this and that, throw it against the wall and see if it sticks. But the only reason someone would quit is because they don't know what they're doing and they're not making any money. And, you know, even myself, when I started in the car business, dude, I, I had no idea what I was doing. And it's brutal, right? You're, you're going to go stand there. I mean, at that time, I think I was getting like a small draw. It's pretty much straight commission. And the wherewithal that it takes and the grit yeah. to get over that hump is brutal. Not to mention if you got a manager like beating you up. I mean, I remember back in the day when I would go up to the desk, if I didn't have a credit card, the freaking manager would throw the deal jacket at me. Oh, you know? So it's like today, you know, and Grant always talks about, we don't believe in managers. Like managers is a ridiculous word. I mean, they need to be out closing deals. They need to be out mentoring their salespeople. But the problem is, Herb, is like, you know, nobody can be omnipresent. Nobody has the bandwidth, even though if we have the best intentions and automotive, there's just so many things that are, you know, in front of us right now. First and foremost, a lot of managers are bombarded with paperwork. You have, you know, things going on with the factory. You know, you might have a CSI issue. You got a problem in service. They just don't have the bandwidth to train their people. So I just feel that because in this industry for the longest amount of time, they tried, you know, third party training before and it didn't work. They just assume that it doesn't work. Yeah. Like they're not open minded to say, hey, you know, I might be spending 30, 40, 50, 60,000 dollars a month on digital to either make the phone ring or the door to swing. But then when at that zero moment of truth, their salespeople, you know, can't sell anything, man. I mean, it's like I was just in a dealership recently and, and I walked up and the, and the guy had like an AirPod in his ear and he's like, hey, what's up, man? 10X, you know? And I'm like, dude, is that how you greet your customer? I mean, like, what, where is this gone, you know? And it's like just little things. So what, what my mission is here and, and the reason that I, I wanted to do this is because I, I truly want to get back to the business because look, the automotive business has saved me multiple times in my life, right? Mm. I'm able to, to make a lot of money in the car business. I love it. It'll always be have a sweet spot in my heart. But it's like, it's got to change, man. I mean, we're up against the wall right now. 
to really start figuring this game out because soon as Bezos, you know, starts to get antsy, figures out a way. Yeah, our business man, it's game over. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, just a quick side note. I, I had a, a session earlier in the season and um, the guy's name was Max Zan and, and great dude. We had a really good conversation, but he had he said something that I still think about now. He's like, man, imagine if tomorrow you wake up and you see that um, Amazon buys somebody like Carvana, for example. Dude, yeah. like, yeah, it, it gets real, real, real. Um, all right, so uh, let's talk about let's talk about salesmanship, right? Because you know, when you're kind of alluding to that right now, but it it really feels like I don't I don't know if that's the right word, but I see what in a, in, a, in a lot of the visits that I'm that I'm doing, just kind of like a like we're kind of morphing from from salesmen, right, within the industry to more like order takers, right? right. We're just kind of waiting for that for that person to come in, versus you know taking advantage of all the things that we have right now. Like I can only imagine, like I had the real Bradley recently on the, on the show and we talked yeah. about this and I can only imagine some, you know, Grant Cardone back, back in the dealership in today's world and how he would leverage social media and, and all the things that he would do to generate traffic. Um, what are your thoughts on that, man? How can we, you know, impact that or your solutions like how does that how does it how does it you know kind of bring that that hunger that drive back back into into the deal you know yeah well you know it, it's just again to your point i mean everybody has to brand themselves nowadays i mean you know th th this thing right here will make you more money than you could ever imagine i mean you know you, you have a full marketing agency right in your phone so you, yeah. you know you jump on facebook jump on instagram get out there brand yourself let people know who you are because Really, at the end of the day, salesmanship is about you. People are buying you whether you want to admit it or not. I mean, everybody's trying to, you know, bombard people with features and benefits of the car or the best price or this or that or everything else. But at the end of the day, people want a good transaction. They want a good experience. And, and salespeople, because they don't know what to say and they don't know what to do, they get locked into like confrontation with the client right off the jump because of the fact that they get into that, that price situation. So, you know, we always train people to say, Hey man, I understand you want the best price. I knew you wanted that before you, before you even walked in here. Right. The reality is we give the best price in town. What I want to focus on is making sure we get you the right vehicle. And then I guarantee you're going to love the price. People can't even do that, man. They're just like, hey, let's do this. Let's see what we can do. You know, you know, let's see how low we can go. Let me tell you something. Somebody's always going to be lower. So it's like you got to like be able to pivot and be able to shift. And and man, I love talking about sales. You and I could talk about sales for like freaking all night. But the reality is, when everybody <laughs> talks about the objection, they think about the close. The problem is the objection starts from the moment you open your mouth, and these dealers because they don't invest in their people. I mean, look, man, I listened to phone calls for two and a half years. I probably listened to hundreds, if not thousands of phone calls. It's brutal. They, they can't handle the call. They, they don't identify themselves correctly. They're not asking the right questions. They get literally blasted on that call and they go right into confrontation with the customer. So if they're not trained, if they don't have the proper roadmap or script to follow and they don't know the four or five main objections that they're going to get hit with every single day. Look, I was just out at a dealer and he's like, Hey man, you guys are expensive. And I said, look, I said, I understand. Man. 
I mean, but let me ask you this question. How expensive is it either to, to partner up with us to give you a solution, a game plan for success, or to continue taking your money, lighting it on fire and throwing it out of the window, man? Because you can't drive people to your dealership and expect them to figure out and know what to do. It's, it's like going to like Vegas, man, going up to like, you know, the Bellagio and throwing all your money on red. That's what these dealers are doing. They're just hoping and praying that it's going to work, but hoping and praying is not a good you know, strategy. You got to get your people skilled up and they have to know what to say. And, and, and for me right now, if you were going to say, Hey, Hey, if you're going to tell a dealer, what's the most important thing right now, it's the phones, man. I mean, phones have become top channel. I mean, out there in Vegas is a little bit different, but down here in Miami, man, it's like to go eight miles might take me an hour and 20 minutes. Right. When I was in, See, same thing. Nobody's going to get in the car anymore and like drive all over the place. They're going to make one call. Yeah. Determine if they want to do business with you or not. And, and dealers are not ready for that. Yeah, dude, I totally agree. And, and along those lines. So um, you bring up a really good point. So the customer is different, right? We're in an efficient market. Buyers and sellers both have access to pretty much the same information. So everything's disclosed, right? Those customers are spending 14 plus hours doing research before they ever walk into a dealership. If that, I always tell my dealers, if that customer walked into your dealership, they already chose you. All you have to do is remove the objections, right? Just make it easy for them to purchase. So along those lines, and I, I brought this, this question uh, with, with other guests, but I'm, I'm curious to see what your, what your take is on the, you know, the road, the steps to the sale, the road to the sale. In 2020, with the, the digitization, the difference uh, in customers, the information, all these things that, 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 are, that are available to consumers today. Does that format have to change? Is it still effective in today? Does it need to be tweaked? Like, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, the sales process is a sales process. I mean, at the end of the day, though, the one common denominator is you're dealing with people. Right. And people want to deal with people that they feel like are like them and they want to deal with people that they feel like are hearing them. So it's like, you know, you're going to get the initial. I mean, look, man, ever since I started, I was getting hit with I'm just looking. I want your best price. I don't have time today and everything else. So it's like learning to get over the hump in the greeting, then to go into the fact finding to ask the right questions, because I've always been a believer that if you ask the right questions, people are going to tell you everything that you need to know to get them to close. Because frankly, if right. you're doing this process right, there is no hard close because you're just leveraging and using what they want and getting them you know, wrapped up in the emotional part of the deal. And, and it's a great question that you asked me because look, man, people make a decision two different ways. They make it on emotion and they justify it with logic. And yeah. you know, logic is always gonna win. People don't buy what they need, they buy what they want, right? Because some stuff just frankly just doesn't make sense. So somebody comes into a dealership, you go right to the desk or you start talking price on your feet, you have nowhere to go. I mean, it's like you got to get them in the vehicle. I mean, still today, if I go into a new car, man, the new car smell, the new car feel, the tech and everything else, man, I get excited, right? And I've been around cars my whole life. I mean, a consumer will get excited, but again, you got to always go, first rule of selling is you got to always go into agreement. Whatever they're talking about, hey, I totally understand, I'm with you, no problem, I got it. And then just move move forward into the interaction and make sure that you're doing and you're hitting the right buttons. I mean, you know, 
if somebody says, hey, I test drove the car before, hey, I totally understand, Ben, but I don't know about you, but if I'm going to spend $60,000 for a car, I at least want to take it around the block and just get a feel of it. You know, I wouldn't want to buy something without trying it. I don't, what, what about you? You know, and just get them out there and, and get them moving, get them like into the interaction, walk out and say, hey, you know, I want to show you the color. I want to show you the equipment. we got this other car I want you to take a look at just so you know, because I think it's like over 60% of the people that come in actually end up leaving with a totally different car, whether it's a different trim level or different model than they initially wanted. That's where the salesmanship comes in. Right. You alluded to it earlier. I mean, it's just like, you got these stores that are going to like one price selling and this and that, and then the liner closer stores and all this other kind of stuff. It's like the true salesmen are few and far between. So it's like, you have people there that don't really know what they're doing. They're taking an order. They're, you know, they're, you know, putting stuff on an iPad and they're trying to sell cars. And it's just, it doesn't work. Now, whether you're doing, you know, modern retailing, you're doing a traditional process, you're doing one price, there's one common denominator. It's the customer experience. It's making sure that you're addressing the needs, making sure that you're giving them great service. Because let's just face, face it, we don't have like a huge bar in the automotive industry. So if you call 10 dealerships, I guarantee you probably eight out of 10 are not going to give a great experience. So if you stand out and a lot of it, you know, on the phone, all you have is the tonality piece. But if you talk to somebody that's excited, that, you know, is interested in your call, trying to provide information, nine times out of 10, you want to do business with that person because look, the margins are this thin. Yeah. So it's got to work. It's smart, man. You, you got to work the system. You can't skip steps. No, I totally agree with that for sure. So kind of moving things along here a little bit. Um, this is one of the, the main questions that I was, uh, I'm very, very excited to get your take on. Um, role playing, right? I know that grand and his philosophy is his philosophy. Excuse me. It's, it's that's one of the things, right? Practice, 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 right? Yeah. We don't do that in the car business, man. We don't, we just don't do that. We, 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 we provide minimal training and then we expect our guys to hit a home run every time they're in front of a customer. Yeah. But just like a professional, like a professional sports team, right? You would never expect them to show up on game day and not have practice hours upon hours upon hours. Why do yeah. you think that we don't look at it like that with the, with the industry? Do you think it's just that we're, we're uncomfortable? It's not something that comes natural. I mean, and, and and what do you guys see, you know, within your organization? Because I, 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 from the from what I've heard and what I've learned from from from, from you know, Grant and, and and his philosophies, it seems like that's that's part of your model. It's like prevalent with it within the company, and, and it shows right in the in, in the salesmanship and in the results. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, it's every single day we have a meeting at 9.05, right? Every day. And every day the sales guys role play for about 15 or 20 minutes because, you know, you want to keep sharp. You want to keep it tight. You know, even before I came to work for Grant, I mean, I even got to the point where every time I made a call or anytime I was with a customer, I just hit the record button on my iPhone. I would actually record the conversation and then replay it back to listen what went well, what made the customer lean in, where did I fall short to get my pitch tight. But you're hundred percent correct, man. If, if you're not role-playing every day, what you're doing is you're practicing on the customers and that's an expensive proposition, man, because NADA says it's about 350 to $600 a car sold. So do you really want to have your people going out there and trying that on their customers? But the reality is, man, it's like people don't like to role play because people don't want to do stuff that makes them uncomfortable. 
But at the end of the day, once you start to do it and you get, you know, really fluid with it, when the customer comes into the equation, it's like you've done it before. Because I always tell people, like when they ask me, what do you think is the point where you've become to the level of you consider mastery or like a true salesperson? And I, I would say that's when you understand the power of prediction. Meaning that you realize that there's really only about five objections that you're going to get, but you got to know how to overcome those like multiple different ways. And you need to be able to do it where it's so fluid. So like, for example, like if, if I'm out working with a dealer or I'm doing, you know, keynote or speaking or anything else, people are like, dude, you're so confident in your delivery and you're so smooth. And I'm like, bro, I've been practicing this shit for 25 years. You know what I mean? It's not like I just woke up one day and say, let me start talking about the car business. I mean, I've done it. Uh, you know, I, I've studied it. I failed. I got up. I failed. I got up. You know, I mean, it's you got to continue to work at your craft and master it. And, and the one thing that I'll say is, look, man, I'm a believer in lifelong learning. It's like every single day you have to set the intention to be better than you were the day before. it. But that's that's something that comes from inside. Right. But the, the power of, of what we're doing with this coaching piece is with us working with the dealers every single week, getting to know these salespeople, finding out what's important to them and being able to pull it out of them, because that's the power of coaching. I know you do a lot of stuff with Sean Kelly. I've actually never met the guy, but I heard he's a great guy. Um, coaching to me is very important because people have to find the, you know, the, the innate ability that they have inside that it can be done. You, you can't hammer on somebody constantly and think that they're going to figure it out. You got to let them kind of, you got to like show them the way, but you got to let them figure it out on their own. So it kind of like resonates. And one of the ways you can do that is by just listening to their phone calls. Most people don't know what they say. Most people don't know what they sound like. Most people don't know that they're like, um, yeah, this, that, everything else inside of the call. Once they hear it, there's power in that. They're like, damn, man, I didn't realize I was saying that. Oh, my God, that sounded awful. So now you're getting the buy-in that, hey, let me show you some ways. And the way that I coach people is like, hey, here's what you did really, really well. Here's kind of where you fell short. And here's something that you want to work on next time to make it tight. And then to train specifically in that area where they're falling short to get them comfortable and then role play, role play, role play, role play. So it's just like it becomes second nature. Yeah. Yeah, you get good. You know what I mean? Like that's 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 what it's designed to do or what it's supposed to do. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about the stigma of the car business. Right? Yeah. I think it ties into this a little bit. And um, I was mentioning to you before we started recording, like I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm um, you know, I, I'm, how do I say it? Like I'm in, I use Grant Cardone University. It's one of the things that, that it's part of my, my, my daily habits and routines. And he always talks about when it, I remember when I first, first started this, um, Grant had a very specific way of talking about salesmanship that makes you feel proud. You know what I mean? Like, dude, like you, you know, salespeople, that's a big deal. Like they move the whole economy. Yeah. But oftentimes, man, I, 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 I feel like salespeople are, are kind of, I don't want to say embarrassed because it's kind of a dig to the industry, but they're not just, they don't have that, you know, and it's like they're not looking at the role um, for what it is and, and really having that, that, that pride in what they do. And I think that that deters the commitment level. You know, and I don't know if it's because of the stigma within the car business. Maybe it's the the whole title of car salesman or whatever. I don't know what it is, but 
do you think that if if we start to look at that a little bit different, right? If we just change our perspective and we realize how important it really is and the impact that it has, um, we're more prone to do those things, to invest, to spend the time, to do the training, to um, you know, just be more um, involved in it. I mean, what, what what are your thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's always going to be a stigma. I mean, you know, you tell somebody you work in, in the car business, they think of a of a used car salesman. They think of, they think of Kurt Russell and used cars wearing white shoes and a plaid jacket, right? But really, at the end of the day, man, it, it, it's what you make out of it. I mean, you know, obviously. One of Grant's first books was Seller Be Sold. And the reality is, you know, either you're selling someone or they're selling you, right? And it's like, whether you're an attorney or a doctor, you're trying to get married, you're trying to get a date, whatever, you're, you're in the process of selling. So selling is a noble profession. The, the, the reason that people feel that way is just because of some of the bad experiences they've had. And frankly, in the automotive business, we're a big culprit of that. I mean, you know, with me starting in the business in the 90s and seeing all the crazy stuff that went on and progressing through the, the nature of, of the business. And then finally, you know, when CSI came into the equation, it started to tighten things up a little bit. But we just got a long road to overcome, man, of, of what customers have experienced. But I mean, look, sales is a great thing. I mean, obviously, it's something they don't teach in college. It's it's a great trait. Um, you know, I've seen people come from all over the world, different countries, and actually create a lot of success for themselves through sales without pretty much any education whatsoever, just learning that skill set. So look, man, it's not for everybody, but anybody that's going to look down on salespeople, I don't want those people around me anyway. I mean, there's always going to be the haters, man. There's always going to be the people that are going to try to put you down. But you just got to realize, man, you know, when, when you know, you're going to the bank, and your cash and your checks, what really matters, man? It, it just, it, it was what matters to you. And, and if it's something that you're passionate about, and I mean, look, sales is something that you have to believe in what you're selling. You have to believe in your product and you have to believe that you're helping people. And we always, you know, lead with, you know, service first. You, you, you go to serve a customer to help them solve a problem. And then your reward is the commission. Unfortunately, too many people look at it in reverse and it just comes across to the consumer and, and that's why they get that impression. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I had this, this, this question, I, 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 you know, I was kind of debating if I should ask it or not, but I, I, you know, I think it's important because um, at the dealership level, when you're, when you're, when you're implementing these things, um, especially in the car business because of the turnover that we talked about earlier, mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it can get very uh, intricate, right? So when it comes to training per se, um, even with virtual training, right? Do you feel that it's more effective if the, the, the managers, right? The people at the top are the first ones trained and bought in, really believe in the concept, um, you know, because with, with these virtual pl platforms, what I've seen, is a lot of like, here's our training, log in, do the deal. But the manager himself hasn't participated in the course or the GM hasn't participated in the course. So they don't really understand the material. They don't really, they just, you know, they were sold it. They, 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 I mean, it was sold to them and, uh, you know, it's there, but they themselves haven't really bought into it. Um, so how, how much of an impact is it when they're bought in, when, they, when they're doing the course themselves, when they're learning it and, and being able to pass that along uh, to the, to the, to the people on the front line. Yeah, it's huge, man. I mean, you know, when we go into organizations, we make sure that it's bought in from the top down. 
and you know there there has to be a change in culture. There, everybody has to be on the same page, and everybody has to be you know speaking the same language. And and again, kind of what I was alluding to before when I was talking to that OEM about where they're having their struggles is, you know, typically the GM will be bought in because he obviously realizes the impact it's making by not training his people. But if you have the desk that doesn't want to do it, or if you have a used car manager that's hitting cars like five grand back a book and six grand back a book, it kind of like ruins the whole process. So, you know, everybody has to be on the same page. Everybody has to be, you know, in the same fight to win it. And, and that's honestly one of the biggest challenges inside of the car business. But again, it, it, it comes from the, the leadership inside. I mean, if you think you're going to go into a dealership and, and, and they're going to start hitting everybody with a credit app before they give them a payment and this, this, that, and everything else, you're wasting your money because it can't be done that way anymore. So it's either, you know, they either have a fixed mindset or they have a growth mindset. And if they have a growth mindset and they're willing to be open-minded and let us show them how to create success and, and change the culture, because that's really her, that, that's what it comes down to is it's like, we got to get inside these people's DNA and, and create inside of them what they didn't know what was there and get them excited every single day. You know, I think you and I were talking about it in the beginning out at GrowthCon. You look at all the people that were there, whether it was Floyd Mayweather, Kevin Hart, Usher, John Travolta, or whoever. The one common denominator is, is the mindset, the attitude, and the hustle. So if you don't have those in, you know, innate attributes, which most people don't because maybe they didn't have a role model in their life, we come in and attempt to change that. And there's two things that are going to happen. You're going to find people that you're going to be able to take to the next level. And then frankly, you're going to find people you just got to blow out. I mean, they're just not going to work well for you. You can have the greatest salesperson or the greatest desk manager, but if, if they're not, you know, creating an atmosphere of success, you're going to lose way more than what they produce by keeping them inside of your dealership because they become infectious. Right on. So we're getting really close to that time. And I wanted to, you know, give you a moment to talk about, you know, anything that you guys got coming up and how dealers can get in touch with you guys. But there's one la one question that I wanted to ask here before we, we kind of move on to that part. And um, it has to do with the concept of salesmanship, right? Um, is it, do you believe um, that, salespeople are born or can, or salespeople are made? And does the, the, and the way to do that is through the, some of the stuff that we've been talking about, training, role-playing, mindset, um, believing that in, 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 in what you're doing as, and looking at it from the importance that it actually has. Yeah, another great question. Um, I kind of relate this back to athletics. Um, before I went into the car business, you know, I was a baseball player. I was a pitcher, played through college, had professional aspirations. And I, I believe that not only in sales, but in sports, you have God-given gift, right? Like I was born with the gift of gab. Like I could talk. That's the thing. And people say, hey, what, what could Jeff Bounds do? Well, he can charm a snake, right? But some people, they don't have that ability. So it's like they have to work really, really hard to create it. So if you're, you know, looking at a DISC model, are you familiar with DISC? No. What's well, a personality test that you take, right? And I recommend everybody to take it. And there's, there's key attributes that great salespeople have. Usually they're, you know, a driver methodology or they're, you know, um, very expressive in the way that they communicate. Those are like innate traits that people have. Now, to, to get a little bit more granular on that question, I'm an introvert. 
but I turn it on when I need to, right? So it's like, I know what to do in a sales interaction, but I'm not a guy that wants to be out at the party, wants to be hanging out every single night. That's not my, 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 uh, you know, my makeup. So I, I think it's, it's part God given gift. And I think it's part a lot of hard work in trying to figure it out and understanding, you know, how to get to that next level. I've seen people that come from Harvard business school and they fall flat on their face. And I see somebody that's come from like Pakistan and like lights the world on fire and becomes ultra successful. So it's the grit, it's the perseverance, it's, you know, wanting it more. You know, I, I think for me and a lot of people that it's all the people in your life that told you that you can't do it, that you can't be successful in sales, that you can't be a manager, that you're a car person, you, you know, you're a car salesperson, you can't go in the vendor space, you can't do this, you can't do that. Those are the motivators that make you continue to go to the next level. Because look, the first thing I will tell you is the sales game is not easy and it's not for everybody. But if you really want to make a change or impact in your life, it's just a lot of commitment. So I answer your question. Yeah, absolutely. And and I just want to expand that really quick um, for the, for the, for the listeners, right? Those people taking up, maybe those people that are just going into the car business and, and, you know, stumble upon the podcast just as a way to kind of learn. Yeah. One thing, and I know that that's, that's a very hard, that's a tall order, right? It's a very hard question to answer. But the one thing for, and let's, let's keep it within the automotive industry. Now, I'm not talking about salesmanship, but just in, within the automotive industry. The one trait that you need to have that's going to get you just a little bit closer to, to success. Man, that's harder to break it down to one. Yeah. But I would say, if anything else, man, you got to commit. Right on. You commit that you're going to burn the ships and you're going to give it everything that you have and realizing that I always tell people change is hard in the beginning, it's messy in the middle, and it's beautiful in the end. Right. So in sales, I mean, look, it's like everybody has to start somewhere. I mean, for those of you that are listening out there, you just started in the car business, dude, don't give up, man. I mean, it's going to be tough at first. You're going to question yourself every single day. You might want to quit every single day. But I promise you, man, if you continue to to take ups, you continue to take the internet leads, you make the phone calls, you're, you're willing to bet on yourself and you invest in yourself, you will look back in like a year's time frame and, and it'll just all be in the past. But it's just getting through the barrier. So that's why I say commit to your success. Commit to, to breaking through the barriers that keep you from getting where you want to be because that that's the biggest reason why a lot of people quit, man. They just... They're not willing to bet on themselves. Right on. I love that, dude. All right. So um, there's one last question that I ask everybody that comes on the show. But before we get to that, um, tell us, I, and I know we've been talking about this already, right? And people know Grant and the brand is, you know, it's massive, right? But within, within um, you know, car, right? Uh, what is the, you know, where can we get in touch with you? How can de dealerships reach you? Where can they learn more? Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you asking that. Um, I can be reached at Jeff at GrantCardone.com. So you can email me there. Um, Jeff Bounds on Facebook, Jeff Bounds on LinkedIn. Um, look, man, I'll help anybody. If you have any questions, feel free to shoot me an email. I also have a, a show every single Friday at 10 a.m. on Grant's Facebook and YouTube channel. It's called the 10X Automotive Weekly. 
Uh, we talk strictly car business. We talk about a lot of different things that go on inside of that. I, I welcome everybody to, uh, to join that. And um, look, I mean, you know, ask the right questions, get in front of the right people, find the right mentor. Um, you know, Grant was definitely without a doubt the right mentor for me. You know, follow one person. Don't mix up the messaging, right? Because you have too many people, you know, in the equation, you're hearing too many different things. It's going to confuse a person. So find one person that you believe in, commit, and then you'll get everything that you want. And, and I happen to represent a guy that I think is really important for, for this, this podcast. Grant started off as a used car salesman in Lake Charles, Louisiana, right? Yeah. Now the guy has companies worth $142 million and he has 1.7, I think, probably $1.8 billion in real estate now. So if that's not enough to give inspiration to the listeners, if, that, if that's not enough to realize that the car business is a great business, again, you just got to commit, you got to weather the storm and get through it. But even if down the road, you decide you want to go out into the vendor space, you decide you want to be a consultant. The one thing I will say is if someone was to say, hey, Jeff, what do you think is the best what would, you, what would you say is the catalyst to, to getting you where you've been able to to go in your life? It's like working in the car business, man. Because if you can be successful in the car business, you can do anything. Because again, it's not for everybody. It's rough, but it makes you into a killer. So uh, I, I just encourage everybody to continue to follow Grant. Uh, you know, continue to to reach out. I mean, you know, my company is called Cardone Automotive Resources. That's the you know the the automotive branch under Grant Cardone. Um, we're going to be doing a ton of different things out there. And, and again, help you any way that I can, Jeff at grantcardone.com. Right on. Dude, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Um, uh, I know there's a lot of good insights on this deal, so I'm excited to share it with, uh, with the audience. Congratulations, by the way, dude. Such a huge accomplishment. Um, you know, I can only imagine how amazing it must be to work for Grant and, and be involved with that energy and, and those philosophies and, and all that. So, um, Thanks again, dude, for doing this. No, absolutely. And one other thing I want to say before we sign off is I'm going to throw a freebie out there. I don't know. When are you going to go live with this, Herb? So um, I'm going to get this one out quickly. So I'll probably drop it within a week and a half. Okay. So I'm going to throw an offer out there to everybody that watches this. Hopefully they're going to watch it till the end. Maybe you can actually throw it on your little, when you promote it, put it on there. Yeah. March 19th, down here in Miami, at our headquarters, at 10X headquarters, I'm going to have a 10X Automotive Academy. It's a full day event. I invite everybody that's on this podcast to come for free. It's typically $1,995 per attendee because you're watching, you know, Herb and you're watching uh, this podcast. Email me at jeff at grantcardone.com and I will give you a free ticket to attend this one day class. Last time we had it, it was unbelievable. It was the inaugural one. Grant actually spent two or three hours with the attendees. This is a guy that usually charges $100,000 for 30 minutes. So I invite, and Herb, you're, you're, you're more than welcome to come as well. But I would love all you guys to come and join me down in Miami, Florida at 10X headquarters for the 10X Automotive Academy, March 19th. Dude, that's amazing. Thank you so much. I'm going to, actually, I'm going to put this out sooner. I'll and drop it tomorrow or something just so that people know and can prepare this is a great great offer man thank you so much no problem brother i appreciate you having me on the show and and you know i'm going dis dis to distribute this through my channels as well I, I appreciate your hustle and what you're doing and i think the more great information we can get out to the automotive community the better 
Thanks, dude. So there's one question that I ask everybody that comes on the show. Yeah. Uh, and that question is, where do you see the automotive industry headed in the next five years and mm. why? <laughs> oh, man, I don't know if you're going to like my answer, bro. <laughs> um, there was actually, I just saw something the other day. Uh, there was a forecast that some hedge fund guy was putting out around the car business and said by 2025 that 30% of the dealers won't be in existence. So that wasn't very pleasant. But um, I think the way I would answer it is twofold. First and foremost, if we continue going the same direction that we have been, I don't even know how to predict it, but my my inclination would be to say that it's not going to be pretty. Um, I think the companies like Roadster, you know, the modern retailing and all that, I think it's going to take over the business because right now there's about 25, 30% of the marketplace that's already bought into that. You know, if, if the guys like Bezos and other big influencers in the marketplace want to come in and create something, I, I don't know. I couldn't predict it. All I can say is it's going to look totally different than how it looks today. But if I had to put my money on it, I would say that um, it's pretty accurate with that forecaster put out there. I, I think that we'll see at least 30% of the dealerships go away just because, you know, people can transact in a different way. Right on. There it is. Jeff, again, man, thank you so much for coming on and doing this deal with me. I really, really appreciate it. Jeff Bounds, everybody. That's all the time we have for today. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, if you like this session, if you like this podcast, please, please share it so that people can benefit from these insights, take it back to the dealership and, and implement in their day to day. Thank you. And as usual, we'll talk later.